Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. Jacob as Israel. But when he called him Jacob, he was saying, I'm the God of the past, the mistakes of everything. And I think it's so powerful when we look at this. We have come into this place. God, make me holy ground. God, that where the seed is planted, it would bring forth fruit. God, can we just give him a hand clap of praise right now and just love him? God, we worship you. We magnify you. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, God. I'll dismiss the kids to Sunday school. You guys can be dismissed. And then while the kids are being dismissed, I'll give you some announcements of all the fun things that are happening. We have a, right now we're in the middle of a a 10-day fast. Well, not the middle, we just started. So, and it's not like fasting every single day, 24 hours a day for one person, but it's breaking it up into three sections, three eight-hour shifts. And there's a sheet out there. Maybe you're like, when can I sign up? It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter if every blank is filled, but pick a time. That's all that matters. Pick a time that you're like, you know what? I'm going to dedicate this. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice something. Someone asked me, can I, can I fast social media or gaming or something like that? I was like, yeah, something, anything. Fasting is, um, you can do food. You can do all those things. If you're not a coffee drinker, don't be like, well, God, I'm going to give you caffeine. I'm going to give you coffee this week. But if you're an energy drinker, maybe, maybe you could be like, you know what, God, for this day, I'm not going to drink an energy drink. You know, you could, you could do something like that. Don't be like, God, I don't have anything, but such as I have. (laughs) So a couple of uh, things. We got men's night coming up this week on the 21st at 6.30 p.m. It'll be here at the church. Be a good time. So come, men. Um, As you can see, some of us men have gotten grizzly. We've been going through a competition Jim and Jim and uh, um, Joe back there they really they really got it going on and me I'm just like well this is getting gone soon (laughs) oh man so and then sign up for the chili cooking contest that's gonna be on the 30th so sign up for it put your chili that you're gonna bring chili and a little description of your chili there's a sign up sheet out there just so we make sure that there's enough chili if there's like not enough chili that I don't know, it's not much of a ch- chili con con. Right now, it's Jim's first place, I'm second place, and Carl's third place right now. So, so sign up for it. That'll be our one, one, one service, and we'll have it at 11 a.m. that day. Um, and then we have a concert the day before, the 29th, at 6.30 p.m. We have a Bible college that'll come up here. They came last year, and they did a phenomenal job. And so they'll be up here again. Um, and then I have this here. Someone left their glasses here last week, and Jade found them. So if, if these glasses are yours... Come get them from me, because uh, I want you to be able to read your Bible. <laughs> um, and then there's no youth group this week, but uh, they have youth conventions. So there's going to be six people, including Ashley and Brenna and all the youth. They're going to be going to uh, um, St. Cloud, and uh, it's going to be a good time for them. I'm excited. God's going to do something in their lives. But I need a volunteer. Carl, come on over here. You can help me. Um, Kason, right? I, did it. I said it right. I said it right. Pass those out. I decided, since we're done with Romans, um, 
we, uh, I, got, I got the little handouts and foldies back again. I don't have the foldies yet because my, my, my printer's out of ink. So next week I'll have some of those back. Not that they have a bunch of stuff you don't know about, but anywho. Well, I'm excited for today. And uh, it's, it's funny that uh, that song, I, I come to practice um, on Tuesday nights to, to, worship, to do worship practice. And um, I never really like take note of the song. And then like whenever we're in here singing, I'm like, oh man, good job. They pick a good song. Like this fits like right along with uh, what I'm preaching. Uh, God's been dealing with me about a couple of things. And someone had asked me towards the end of the Roman series, they're like, so what's next? And I was like, you know, I said, I'm just going to preach. I said, I got some things that God's been dealing with me about. And I'm still working on a series. But I'm going to tell you about that series, like, when I get into that series, because, like, I'm in the process of, like, making sure that the series analogy will work. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> you'll see the scriptures on there. And then on the back side, you got a little place for a handy place for your notes, um, if you want to take any notes during today. So um, let's get into this today. My title is, What's in Your Hand? And before I get started, I just want to pray. God, I pray that you would help me today. God, to, to preach your word as you've given it. God, and I pray that you would touch the hearts that are here today. God, that it would minister to them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so how many of you have ever judged or compared yourself with someone else? I have. Like, like you can't, like, not do it. Like, you, you like, your neighbor, your friend, your coworker. Like, I mean, look, like, why is there, like, this planned obsolescence in our, in our world today? It's because it's like, well, people are going to want something new anyways because they got to impress their friends and their, their, their enemies, the people they don't like. I mean, like, how many of you, like, impress someone that you don't even care about? That's me. I guess if it's not you, like, I'm <laughs> just the messed up person. Okay, so uh, have you, you maybe have heard the phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. I mean, I don't, maybe it should be, like, um, the Andersons in Minnesota, you know, like, keeping up with the Andersons, because I feel like that's more of a common name than the Joneses. Must be, like, an East Coast thing. <laughs> so I, was, I, was, I looked up some, some, some facts the other day, and uh, the storage industry grows by an average of 7.7% each year. Like, that doesn't sound like a lot, but that's since 20, 2012 it has continued to grow at an average rate of 7.7%. And in 2019, it generated $39.5 billion in revenue. That's an astounding amount of money for storage space. I'm talking about like, you know, like the, you know, the six by 10 storage units, you know, that, that everybody rents. Like, does anyone in here have a storage unit? Our church has a storage unit, but so by default, you all have a storage unit. <laughs> uh, it keeps all the Christmas stuff and <laughs> things like that in it and chairs and stuff like that. So this is crazy. This, this number astounded me. It says the amount of facilities in America outnumber all of Starbucks, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, Pizza Hut, and Wendy's locations combined. Think about that. Like Starbucks has got a lot of locations. McDonald's has got a lot of locations. You drive down Highway 10 and you're going to pass how many McDonald's is? It doesn't matter where you go, a small town's gonna have a McDonald's. It's crazy. And there is more, there is more than all of those places combined. And those are large chains. Um, all of those places that they have, there's more storage units that are available for you to store your things that you are trying to impress others with that uh, you never thought. And maybe you've got a garage at home that's full and you don't need a storage unit. 
that's okay. Like, you have a storage unit, okay? Maybe it's not like an official storage unit. They don't know. Nobody has to know. It's your garage. It doesn't matter if you can park in it or not. Like, you got, you got, what you, you got parked what you want in there, okay? <laughs> I only say that because I recently just cleaned out my garage. And I had so much stuff. So much stuff. And I'm like, why did I save these things? I mean, it's things that were sentimental and that had this value that, like, if I was to go and sell it, Y'all couldn't give me enough money for it, right? Like, I would ask way too much because it had a high value to me. But in other people's eyes, they'd be like, can I have that jacket for 10 cents? And I'd be like, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's a $30 jacket. You know, like, it's, it, 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 the value that it holds for me is sentimental. So a lot of times we collect things that impress other people, and, and we put it in storage, you know, so it adds more cost to us. And... Many times we serve the here and now, and we forget about forever. Our forever is right now, the, the term, you only live once. You only, you're, only, you're only going around once, so we might as well have a good time right now, right? We live for the here and now. We try and get all the things that we can get because we think that this is going to be the best thing ever. This life is not the best thing ever. It's eternity that I'm looking forward to, and I've got to live like heaven on earth. Not, not, that, not that heaven is here, not that, that this is my final place, but, but that I am going to help God's kingdom grow in a way that touches other people's lives. So there is something that's greater than the here and now. There is forever that I've got to look to. I don't want to impress you. I don't want to impress other pastors or other ministers. My sole desire is to have the approval of God. In Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, For we don't dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves, but in measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves to themselves, they lack understanding. When we begin to compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we lack understanding. Why is that? We think about that. Why would the scripture say that you lack understanding when you compare yourself amongst yourself? Well, if God says he's not a respecter of persons, that he doesn't care about your past, your status, your career, your, your job, all the things. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. So why should I compare myself amongst you all? It doesn't do any good, right? I have no common sense if I'm comparing myself. Because what does it do? It generates anxiety, worry, stress, depression. Like, like, like okay, so social media, the rise of social media. And now, I, I believe, recently there was a lawsuit. Someone was trying to sue Facebook or Instagram, or which is the same thing, so meta, whatever. Um, they were trying to sue them, I think, because of the emotional damage that had gone on because of the lack of likes or something on someone's post. I can't remember the whole thing. That's, like, way off. But anyways, there is a thing where I am rewarded. The dopamine in my brain is rewarded, and, and it creates more dopamine because I saw likes on my post. You're like, I've never had 50 likes before on a post. I said something funny that other people liked. And so Facebook's algorithm happened to put it in some more people's page and put it in more people just because it gained traction for the first time ever. And now you're like, man, that's almost viral. You know, I got 50. I, you know, <laughs> one video I did for the church, it was that workout video, if you don't remember that. <laughs> that, that had like 10,000 views. That's as close as it gets to <laughs> for me. <laughs> I should repost it, yeah. You can look out tw workout 2021. I had a couple of people who were like, yeah, we started following your church when we saw that video and they were the sign people. I just thought that was interesting. So, so let's stop talking about things because everybody's got things. 
And let's talk about giftings and abilities. Like, you all have got purpose. Y'all, every one of you have something to give to God. You have an ability, a talent. You have got a gifting that God has given you, something that you maybe even honed and worked on for a long time in your life. And you, you maybe sit here and wonder today, what could I ever do for God? I can't speak like that. I can't teach. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, anytime I do that, I'm comparing myself with someone, right? I don't want you to speak like me, okay? If you ever got up here to speak, I don't want you to do it like Zach. I don't want to do it like someone else. I want, I want to deliver the word of God as God intended it. I want, to, I want to give the message that God's given to me, and I want it to prick your heart like it pricked mine. And I want, that's what I want, like, so if God gives you something, God gives you a word. Like, I, It's not so that you can compare yourself amongst each other, but rather to give God glory in that circumstance. So we regularly put ourselves down, though. I'm, I'm good at that. I put myself down all the time. Well, I could never do this. I could never do that. I, I can't do this. I can't do it like that. One of the biggest things that I question is my ability to be a leader. I talk to Joe about this. I tell him, like, um, how uh, I struggle with organization. I struggle with, you know, coming up with an agenda for a planning session. I struggle with those things, but there are other people in this room like Joe who are super talented at doing recaps of a, of a planning session and all these things. And, and I'm just, I'm blown away by the talent that's sitting here in this room today. Like, like you're like, well, Zach, you don't know what my talent is. That's okay. I just know you got some, Okay. <laughs> Like, if you have a job, you have some kind of talent. Like, maybe you're just like, well, I'm just a cashier. You can count money, thank God. Well, no, the thing just tells me it's 10 cents that I own. But you figured out what the 10 cents was, right? <laughs> Two nickels, you know, 10 pennies, a dime, whatever. Like, you figured it out. Like, you have a talent and ability you can give to God. Where you're like, well, but God, how, 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 can, how can counting money be a thing? You know, Cindy, she's the treasurer. And she counts the money every week. Like, she does a phenomenal job keeping the books straight and all those things. She has a talent. Tam, uh, Cindy's a quiet person. But she has also, she is a wealth of knowledge about end-time prophecy stuff and the book of Revelation. Like, she has blown me away. She's been teaching on Tuesday nights. She's coming up, I think it's the last week or so. But she's been teaching, and she's done an amazing job. So we regularly question God, though, if he's called us. Um, and, and we believe in our hearts that, you know, my mistake would hinder God from using me or, you know, this inability would hinder God from using me or this, you know, this, this part of my life God couldn't use and all these different things. We, we, we reason out for God why he couldn't use us when really God's like, no, that's what I want to use. So I got some scriptures we're going to read. My actual scriptures today are found in Exodus chapter 3. And while I was preparing my message, I kept thinking about that passage about holy ground. And I, that's why I added it in there. I was like, well, maybe God wanted that in there. So anyways, in verse 9, it says, So because the Israelites' cry for help <coughs> has come to me, and I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Man, could you imagine getting the audible call from God? Therefore, go. I'm going to send you to the president of the United States, and I'm going to have you tell him to let my people go. Could you imagine if God said that to you? Everyone in this room would be like, yeah, I don't think that. That was not God. That was me. 
Uh, no, God. <laughs> I think you got it wrong. You called the wrong person. <laughs> and I'm saying that that's how I would question God at the moment. <laughs> if I heard the audible voice of God telling me to go and do this, and I'd be like, well, God, I am inadequate. There is no way I could do that. The crazy thing about it is that's exactly what Moses does. Moses struggled and questions God. And he, this right here, he asks, who am I to go to Pharaoh? And a couple verses down, he, who am I to go to Pharaoh? You know what he did right there in that moment? He compared himself to Pharaoh. Who am I to go to Pharaoh? You are called by God. That's, that's who you are. That's, that's what I'm calling you. You are called by me to go to Pharaoh. Don't worry about who it is that I'm calling you to, the people that I'm calling you to, the person that I'm calling you to. Worry about that I have called you. He compared himself to Pharaoh. How many times do we do that? We compare, God, I couldn't do that because this person, and they, you know, they do this. And, and then he says, what if I gather the people and they ask, who sent me? Oh, Moses was worried about what people would think of him. He was, he was worried about the thoughts that people would have about him by answering the call of God. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, that, well, that's, that's me. <laughs> I worry about what people may think if I follow God. I worry about what people think if I was to respond to God, if I was to follow what he said, if I changed the way I live my life, I worry about what people would think about me. I, I, I never thought about these things any, you know, much. When I read the story, I just always thought it was cool. You know, Moses was talking to a burning bush. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I never read the questioning that he did in there and the comparison that he did and the worry that he had in going. And Exodus 4.1 says, Moses answered, what if they won't believe me and will not obey me, but say the Lord did not appear to you? What if they question your calling? What if they say, no, God didn't truly call you? No, there's no way that, that, that God could use you for that. Like, you know your past, right? Like, you, you know what you've done in your life. Like, God could, that wasn't God. That was you just wishful thinking. There's been plenty of times. Man, <clears throat> I'll share this with you. I got a tickle in my throat. There was a time, I'm, I'm kind of excited to share this in here today. There was a time someone told me, they were like, I want you to be prepared when you go to start this church that it's going to be hard. It was, it, it was hard. However, they're like, just so you know, you're probably going to go through three congregations of people before you ever find one. And I was like, that sounds terrible. Like I was listening to what man said, not what God said. God said something different. I feel with everything in my heart that God gave me something completely different than what these individuals had spoken in my life. And I started to think about it not so long ago. I was like, man. How many people are there like Columbus Atlanta, Jim and Betty, Cindy and Russell, Sarah, um, what's uh, Jennifer? Like that from the from the basement of our house, like like from the at the the Seventh Day Adventist. Barb was there, you know. Um, Tanya came to one of our preview services. There's been people like, and they just stuck around. People come, and they just kind of stick around, like, and I'm like. Man, that wasn't, I could have totally taken that 
and it could have destroyed me, the word that was being spoken to me. And I refuse to believe what man says and choose to believe what God says because his word is final. Not mine, but God's word is final. And so I had fear in coming here. And many of us have experienced the same questions and emotions in our lives. We look at the task before us and we say, how could I ever accomplish this? How could I ever have this happen? And maybe you look at the enemy before you and you say, oh, the enemy is too great. I could never do it. The children of Israel did that in the pro- going into the promised land. They were like, no, it's giants and all these things. The story of David, you all know that story, right? Like David and Goliath. All the armies of Israel were afraid of this one Philistine. Like, I know that if 100 people would just, like, go after that one guy, like, they could take him out. But they all were afraid of him. If we send one person out there and he loses, we become their slaves. And David's like, no, we're going. Like, what? there is a cause that I must fight for. Like, he saw the cause. We've got to see the cause in our lives. I mean, maybe you look at the journey ahead of us, and, and maybe you're like, I, I, don't, I need better directions, God. Like, I, I really need point A, B, C, and D before I get to F, A, B, D, E. E. <laughs> and we get worried about, I don't know the next step that I need to take. I, I don't know the next place that I need to go. I don't, I don't know all of these things. And, and we get worried, and... All the while, in every circumstance, we never truly step out in faith. We let God fill us to a certain point, and then we stop there. We're like, okay, God, I'm good. But it's supposed to be like our cup is full and overflowing, right? This next scripture here, what's in your hand? Y'all know that, that, that phrase, what's in your wallet? You know, like, that's what I think about, like, it goes back to the, like, buying things right now, you know, and the, the need for things right now in verse 2 it says the Lord asked him what's in your hand a staff he replied so I brought my my jack handle because it looks like a staff (laughs) I didn't have a staff but now I do (laughs) it looks like a pretty good staff right (laughs) (laughs) it's a little heavy for a walking staff but this will do, right? Okay, so Moses is standing there before God, his shoes off, and God's like, he's questioning God. God, they're not going to believe me. Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Like, and God's like, what's in your hand? Right? It's like, staff. I, I wonder, how did Moses respond? Because like that, that question, like you think about what's in your hand, or like, this paper you gave me? You know, like, I wonder how Moses answered it. Like, I feel like he was respectful because it was God. But, like, sometimes, like, you know, it doesn't matter who it is in front of you. Your boss is, like, asking you a question. You're like, no. <laughs> God's like, what's in your hand? A staff. Piece of wood. In Moses' hand, it was just it was just a piece of wood. It was insignificant, right? It was, it was really nothing. And then God has him throw it on the ground. Throws it on the ground. Thankfully, it doesn't turn into a snake in this church. Um, <laughs> but, but Moses' staff turns into a snake. Now, if I was Moses, I'd have jumped and ran out of there like, oh, never mind. I don't need one anymore, God. I see what you're doing there. You want to take it? What's in my hand out of it? I'm gone. <laughs> I don't like that. But God transforms the staff into what Moses needed. 
So if you fast forward a little bit, he actually goes before Pharaoh, right? And then there's the plagues. And the very first time Moses casts his staff down and it turns into a snake, right? And then the magicians are like, could you imagine? I, I, Moses standing there and sees the magicians do the same thing that happened with him. The fear, the panic maybe that set in because I don't know, like, Sometimes I, I'll do something, I'll be like, the panic kind of sets in, like in the instant when someone else does something, you're like, oh shoot, I totally just messed up, that wasn't what I was supposed to do. He throws the staff down, God transforms it into a snake, and whatever the witchcraft of the magicians, they turn theirs into a snake too. But the Bible says that his snake consumes their snake. And I started to think about this. Imagine if God took what you thought was insignificant, and began to transform it into something that defeats the enemy. What if he transformed that little bit of talent that you've got, that little bit of ability, that little bit of gifting that you've got, the thing that you said, oh, God could never use, God takes it and turns it for good. What if he took the evil in your past and said, it's a testimony for my glory, and we're going to make hell look stupid for what you went through? Think about that. Like, it's, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that is, that's not too bad. I don't mind now. And, and so God has him pick up his staff again, and he goes on like, I, at that point, I think I would stop questioning God. But Moses kind of, he, he kind of continued to question, but, and, you know, God has him like stick his hand in his, in his jacket, and it turns it to leprosy. I mean, like, at this point, like, I would be like, okay, God, I'm done questioning. I believe you. But yet he goes to the point where he's like, but I'm not a good speaker. Moses, take your brother, Aaron. He'll, he, he'll speak for you. And, and he does speak for a while, but he does begin to speak. Imagine you're, you've, you've gone on a journey like Moses. He's led the people out of, out of Egypt. And he's come to this point, and there's a red, the Red Sea is right before you. And the storm that's raging. And you're like, how do I get around this? How do I get over this? How do I get through this? But then he takes his staff, right, and stretches it over the water. And the... God parts the water. The staff became a reminder. God's got this. The staff, what's in his hand, what was in his, what seemed insignificant, became the biggest reminder that Moses was called. It came to the point that he wasn't afraid of speaking. It came to the point that he was able to lead. It came to the point that he was able to save the people and bring them out and take them into the promised land. And you may sit there and think that it's crazy, but God has a purpose and a plan for what's in your hand. He cares about what's in your hand. And so maybe you ask today, well, what's in my hand? You got a Bible? You got a phone? You may have a pin. All those things can be used for the goodness of God, for the greatness of God. Imagine what you could do with your phone if, if you started to share the gospel of God on your phone, with people, on Facebook. Like, what if you started to do those things? Like, it's just, I know it's crazy. Like, you know, it's not really like what I want to do. It's like, I didn't sign up to... To, to be a gospel sharer. Actually, you did. If you want to call yourself a Christian, you signed up to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So use what you got in your hand. You may be talented at creating those little graphics. You know, I saw, I see some of the people who, who get those graphics off of version Bible. It's really easy. You don't know how to make graphics. You're like, Zach, I don't know how to use Adobe. That's okay. You're like, I don't even know what Adobe is. I don't know what he's talking about. I can't do this. 
If you don't know what YouVersion Bible is, that's okay. You can download it. And in there, you can click on a scripture. You can make a, a verse. And something that speaks to you, and you can post it. You know, that's how this started. I made a scripture. I, I, me and Michelle were talking about something. And uh, I was like, man, I hope there's a scripture in the Bible that says what's in your hand. That's how it started. And I Googled scripture in Bible that says what's in your hand. And bam, <laughs> there it was. I was like, man, I'm going to preach that on Sunday. <laughs> that was this week. I'm not perfect. You say that, right? I'm not perfect. You're not. That's a good thing. God has a purpose for your imperfection. I'll put my staff over here. I don't need it. God has a, a plan for your imperfection. Maybe you sit here today and you're like, I could never do something for God. There's nothing that God can transform in my life for good. Like, it's all bad. It's, it's, been, it's been terrible. Well, let's look at this passage in Isaiah chapter 6. That one that says, here I am, send me. Oh, we love that scripture, right? I love that. And when I told you last week, I was like, hey, if you want to read and get an idea of what I'm going to preach, like read this scripture, um, you know, here I am, send me. We love that passage, here I am, send me. But we forget about what was before. What was said in the scriptures before. And I think that gives context to that. Maybe you're like, I could never pray, here I am, send me. I just, I'm a mess. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm tore up. Verse 6 says, oh, nope, verse 5. Let's start in the verse, first verse. Here we go, 5. It says, then I said, woe is me. This is Isaiah. For I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and live among people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of armies. So maybe today you could learn that Isaiah said, woe is me, for I am ruined. How many of you are like, woe is me, I got some baggage. <laughs> Woe is me, I've been carrying some things for a long time. Woe is me because my past is so bad. People with a bad past, they tend to be like some of the greatest soul winners. They're like, you know what? All the years that the devil stole from me, I'm going to rob as many people from hell as I can. And so those people with the bad past and the addictions and things like that, they have the greatest they have nothing to lose at this point. They're like, I got nothing to lose. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to go to war. I'm going to die. But you know what? I'm going to see God do something in and through my life. So the transformation, let's talk about that. In verse 6, it says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that, had, that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for so by reading this and just coming to this idea that isaiah had sin in his life at some point he had sinned and he was questioning his ability to be a prophet for god just like moses questioned his ability to lead god's people just like so many people question could i ever be called by god but a transformation takes place 
You see, God has a process in transforming what's in your hand, taking the sin and changing it for his glory. You've never gone so far that his love won't reach. You've never been so wrong that God can't teach. You have never been so lost that God can't find you. You may be sitting here today saying, I'm lost and no one can find me. I don't know. I'm in the darkness of life. I don't know where I'm at. But I want to tell you that God is not too far. That he's not gone so far from you. That you haven't gone so far from him that he can't find you. I promise when you begin to mention his name, when you begin to call Jesus, he's there by your side. He's ready to reach you because he loves you. And his love knows no bounds. Sometimes you just have to cast what you have on to the ground and give it to God. You're like, that sounds silly. Stop trying to figure out every detail. You're never, you know, like I, I was sharing something with someone this week. I was like, you know, I question God sometimes. Like sometimes I get into these like places in my mind and I'm like, well, how, how did God, who created God? And then I have to go back, you know, like in our world, like we're constantly trying, science is trying to figure out everything, right? And, and everybody's trying to figure out everything. We want all the answers and everything. I'm finite. I have beginning and end, right? You're, you, you also have a beginning and end. But God doesn't. He just always was. And then, and then you're like, well, but then I go back all the way to like the Big Bang, okay? So like, let's say Big Bang's real. Where'd the atoms come from that collided together and made the Big Bang, okay? The same question for you is the same question I've got today, okay? I ask the same question. <laughs> Whether you believe in God or not, you've got to answer the question of where was the beginning? Well, it was just the Big Bang. Okay, where did it, how did it happen? I've got God, you've got nothing, okay? So like when you get into that place in your mind, sometimes you're just like, wow, this is weird. So the answer is that you'll never know until the end, right? <laughs> the beauty was, is that God can take that little piece of my life and he can transform it into something good. The questioning, he can take it and turn it for something good. The reasoning, God can take it and turn it for something good. The, the fear... God can take and turn for good. The, the doubt, God can take it and turn it for good. The, the feelings of inadequacy, God can take and turn it for good. The anxious feelings, the depressed feelings, God can take it and use it for good. There was a day, I will never forget it. This was one of the hardest things in my life when I was going through depression. I was in Moorhead, I was laying in the bathtub, <coughs> and I just took a cold bath. And I laid in the bathtub, and I really just wanted to die. I really did. That was, that's what I wanted to do. And as I was laying there, these words fell out of my mouth. And I was like, God, if there is any purpose in this, then, then I'll be okay with going through it. That was one of the hardest prayers I prayed. And, and I was in a place where I really just wanted to die. I just wanted my life to be over. I didn't want to be there anymore. But in that moment, I never realized what was taking place within me. Yes, I struggled with depression. I struggled going through it. But then I come to the toilet. And I can't forget the article 
that I saw. There was this series of articles they did on mental health. And there's been multiple things over the time that, yes, I know people struggle with mental health everywhere. But there was this thing of like hopelessness and, and, and things like that that people were experiencing crazy, like one of the highest um, in the state, you know. And, and I'm like, what? And God has allowed me to experience something I never wanted to experience. I remember there was a time in my life I was like, oh, if you're depressed, just be happy. You know, if you're anxious, just stop worrying. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, guys. So if you think that, stop thinking it doesn't work that way. I don't, yeah, nobody wants it. Nobody wants to feel that way, so you have to take the steps to get out of it, right? But God can take that dark place, and he can shine a light into it, and he can use it for his glory. I've made it out. I'm thankful. Yes, I still have hard days, but there is, I am more than an overcomer through Jesus Christ. I'm more than an overcomer. You are more than overcomers. That you have the ability to come out and say, God, what I've got in my hand, I'm going to give to you. God, this little bit that I've got, I give to you. The call. In verse 8, it said, Then I heard a voice of the Lord asking, Who will I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. The man who was just unclean a moment ago is now saying, send me. The worry was removed about his uncleanness. The worry was removed about his fear and his doubt. The same thing for Moses. The worry was removed for his fear and doubt. Maybe there was a little bit of anxiousness inside of him when he walked into Pharaoh's room. But when he cast down, there had to be a level of boldness when he just cast down that staff. Because he was casting it before God and saying, God, I know this isn't me, so I need you. You have got to say, God, this ability and talent that I've got, it's yours. I don't know what you're going to do with it, God. I don't know how you're going to use it, but God, it's yours. I give it to you. It just messes with the enemy's head. When you give what seems insignificant to God and then God takes it, transforms it, and makes it into something beautiful. So in Moses' doubt, he cast the staff. In Isaiah's feelings of inadequacy, he asked to be sent. In Moses' worry, God said, I am. It's not about you. It was not about Moses. It wasn't about Isaiah. It was about who he is. When God calls, he isn't making a mistake. When he calls you, he loves you. He cares about you. When I belittle what God has given me, I make the mistake of making myself bigger than God and reasoning him out of the equation. God wants to use you. He wants to see you do a work for his kingdom. Every person is a part of the body. So what's in your hand? What is God dealing with you? Maybe you sit here today and you're like, well, I feel unclean. Isaiah, he describes me. Maybe, maybe you need to repent. Like Isaiah did. God, I'm sorry for my sin. God, forgive me for my past. Maybe you're like, I don't even know what I've done, but I still don't feel clean enough for God to use. God, if there's something inside of me that you can use, help me. Keep talking to God. 
fairly simple. You just do it. And 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 sometimes you get a response and sometimes you don't. So maybe sometimes your friends think you're crazy, but you know what? You weren't doing this to worry about what other people think, right? right. Already discussed that at the beginning. Maybe maybe your friends are like, oh, that heathen. Look at them. I remember them in high school. Gosh, they were just terrible people. Uh, they drank all the time and did drugs all the time. I remember that one, selling drugs and all those things. And I just share some of my testimony with you guys that I worry about sometimes what people would think of me. How could he serve God? Oh, I remember his past. Like, I have a past, guys. And God can use me. I'm so thankful that God doesn't care about the past. That all he cares about is right now and where I'm going. He loves me right here where I'm at in my inadequacy, in my faults and in my failures, in my sinful nature. God loves me. He loved me in such a way, right? Jesus Christ came and died on a cross for each and every one of us. Maybe you feel inadequate. Maybe you feel that you, you can't answer the call of God. You've got to remind yourself. There are multiple people in the Bible who felt inadequate, and God used those people. Elijah, poor depressed Elijah. You're like, what? Elijah was the guy on the top of the mountain? Yes, but he was also the, the guy who came off the mountain and was depressed and asked God to take his life. God uses the people who are messed up. God, God used Paul, right? We just went through the book of Romans. Remember, he was like a Christian killer, and like now he's like, People are being saved, you know, some of the writing that he's written and he's reaching, he's being a missionary to all these countries. God will use whatever you got. You just got to give it to him. So when I say give what you've got to God, give that messed up past to him. Give that addiction to him. Just say, God, I'm going to give this to you, whatever it is. God, I lay it on the ground before you. Ask God to send you. Maybe you feel what you have is insignificant. That staff was pretty insignificant, but it became a great reminder of who God was. So, maybe you sit here today and you're like, well, I've got, what I've got is insignificant. But guess what? You have exactly what God wants for you. You have exactly what God wants you to do. You have the talent and the ability that God wants you to have right now for this moment, for the ministry that he's called you to, for the work that he's called you to. Maybe ministry is too big of a word. Let's just, let's just narrow it down. God, what do you want me to do? Everybody has got a purpose and a plan. As this song plays, I want us to take some time and just seek God. You know what he's been calling you to. You know the past that you have, the struggles that you have, the things that you've been facing. Give it to him. Lay it before him. If you want prayer today, if, you, if you've been struggling with some things, and I don't believe that there's a person in this place that hasn't been struggling with something. Why don't you come and why don't we pray together? God, I pray that you would move in this place right now. God, that we would lay down everything that you've called us for, God. God, that you would shine a light into every heart today, God. That you would move in a mighty way in Jesus' name. You want prayer? Why don't you come to this morning?
This is an exciting day because we're about to have a baptism. I mean, every day is an exciting day, but it doesn't matter where you are at in your life. I'm excited. The Bible says to repent and to be baptized in his name, and then we can be filled with his spirit. I need that in my life. I need all of that. Nothing that I do. It's everything he does. You're like, but I repented, right. But you can't forgive yourself, only God can forgive. I can be baptized, but let's just talk about the silliness, the silliness of it. When I put someone under the water and I say, I baptize you in Jesus' name, and then they come up out of the water, like I didn't do anything, they didn't do anything. God did it all. It's him doing the work, it's not me. And then whenever he fills them with their spirit, I have no control over that and neither do you. Like we just wanna be full of his spirit. And I'm excited. Derek, um, the guy we've been praying for, Lori and Derek, um, he expressed he wanted to get baptized. And I told him it's never, never too late. It doesn't matter where you are at in your, your phase of life. I told him the story of the vineyard and the workers of the vineyard. And there was these workers that came and they had agreed to work for one denarius. And, and they worked all day through the heat of the day. And then there was some more that were added. And at the end of the day, there was a group that came in and worked for an hour. And I said, it doesn't matter where you fall at in there, you get paid the same. And I rejoice if I was there all my life or I'm just a midday worker or I'm a last hour worker, I'll rejoice because another name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm thankful for that. So when we do the baptism, I want you to rejoice with me. Clap your hands. Thank God, because we rejoice as heaven rejoices today, all right?
Well, this is exciting. He is a he is scared of water, and so like I know that you're like, why would you say that? Because like he's doing it, and you're like, it's good. He's overcome fear to do this. God called him to do it. I, I think that's powerful. So we're gonna baptize him. Are you ready? All right.